As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we try to solve crimes alongside a literary gothic legend with Netflix's The Pale Blue Eye. Man will do most anything to cheat death. Where are the facts? Where are the simple facts? The truth! I believe the dead haunt us because we love them too little. We are no close to finding who's responsible for this than we were a month ago! We are closer. It's only a matter of time. A world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point candidate. Stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case, a young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. Written and directed by Scott Cooper and based on the novel by Lewis Bayard, The Pale Blue Eye stars Christian Bale as Detective Augustus Landor, Harry Melling as Cadet Edgar Allan Poe, Simon McBurney as Captain Hitchcock, Timothy Spall as Superintendent Thayer, Toby Jones as Dr. Daniel Marquis, and features Harry Lottie and Fred Heckinger. Now, first and foremost, I have not read this book, nor did I look too much into this movie. The sheer fact that it starred Christian Bale and a few Harry Potter actors was simply enough to pique my interest. The story is quite an interesting who-has-done-this mystery, with a mix of someone well-known from pop culture in Edgar Allan Poe. It's a slow burn, but has intense moments to keep your attention for the most part, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't zone out more than once. However, the second half of the movie was a lot more exciting and pulled me in a bit more than the first half did. The sets are beautiful, so if that's your thing, I will tell you, you have plenty of time to check out the visuals. The acting is superb, as one would expect, but the shining star is not Christian Bale. No, Bale's Augustus Landor is very well played, but in my opinion, Harry Melling's Poe definitely gets the top marks. He's eccentric, he's quirky, and he's a ton of fun when he's on the screen. Musically, the score does a great job of keeping you in the mood for this movie, but where it really started to lose me was the 128-minute runtime. While I'm not against period pieces, I find that I personally struggle to sit through them if the runtime starts to stretch on too far. And that is what happened with this movie. Overall, The Pale Blue Eye is a decent film, albeit it's one that you definitely need to be in the mood for. If you plan on sitting through this movie and you dislike mysteries or you dislike period pieces or overly dramatic acting, then I would certainly recommend against this movie. I'm not kidding when I say this movie is a slow burn. Now that said, this movie is on Netflix and it does star amazing actors that are known for their dramatics. So if you're sitting at home with nothing to watch and you're in more of a patient mode than I was, then I would absolutely recommend this film. I give The Pale Blue Eye a B-. 
time to get through the coldest time of year, and you may as well look your best while you're doing so. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are always welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with a trailer that dropped for Scream 6. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. Scream 6 will show us what happens when the four survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. Those four survivors from Scream 2022 are Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Mason Gooding. Courtney Cox is reprising her role of Gail Weathers, and Hayden Panettiere is returning as Kirby Reed. Nev Campbell was asked to reprise her role of Sidney Prescott, but passed due to a pay dispute. Scream 6 launches into theaters on March 10th. Over in casting news, it was announced that Alex Wolf from her Hereditary has officially signed on to join A Quiet Place Day One. He joins the previously announced casts of Lupita Nyong'o and Joseph Quinn, a.k.a. Eddie Munson from Stranger Things, in the Michael Sarnowski written and directed film. Plot details for A Quiet Place Day One are all being tightly kept under wraps, but this is considered a completely separate project from A Quiet Place Part 3, which John Krasinski will be returning to direct. A Quiet Place Day One is scheduled right now for a March 8, 2024 release, with A Quiet Place Part 3 coming back in 2025. In other upcoming projects, Lionsgate has announced that director Anton Fuqua will be directing the highly anticipated Michael Jackson biopic currently titled Michael. Academy Award-winning producer Graham King joins the project as well, with principal photography lined up to begin this year. According to the project's official press release, Michael will give audiences the never-before-told and in-depth portrayal of the complicated man who became the king of pop. The film will explore all aspects of Michael's life, including his most iconic performances that led him to become the greatest entertainer of all time. Over at Paramount, it was announced that John Wick's Chad Stileski has signed on to write and direct the upcoming Rainbow Six video game adaptation, which will star Michael B. Jordan. As of now, plot details are being kept under wraps, but the project is based on Tom Clancy's extensive military franchise. Chad Stileski is a very busy man, so it's not sure when he'll get to this project, as he currently has 10 projects, including Rainbow Six, on the go. To name just a few, Stileski's attached to an adaptation of Killer Be Killed, based on the graphic novel series by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. He's slated to direct the video game adaptation of Sony PlayStation's Ghosts of Tsushima. There's John Wick 4, which releases in March, and he's also tied to the Highlander reboot currently starring Henry Cavill. Stephen King's latest adaptation called The Boogeyman will no longer just be a Hulu streaming service release and will get a theatrical release on June 2nd of 2023. The film, which is coming from host and dashcam director Rob Savage, follows a 16-year-old and her younger sister, still reeling from the death of their mother as they're targeted by a supernatural boogeyman after the psychologist's father has an encounter with a desperate patient in their house. The Boogeyman now joins 
Smile and Evil Dead Rise as horror movies that were originally planned for streaming services, but after scoring so well at test screenings, will receive theatrical releases. Director James Wan has confirmed that Megan 2.0 has now got an official release date of January 17th of 2025. Wan did confirm that after the trailer for Megan went viral, Universal Pictures immediately began discussions about a sequel all the way back in November. Wan confirmed the news via Twitter, simply stating, Megan 2.0. You should probably run. According to Vanity Fair, Channing Tatum's production company, Free Association, has officially acquired the rights of the supernatural drama Ghost that was released in 1990, starring Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and Whoopi Goldberg. You're dead, Willie. During his interview with Vanity Fair, Tatum said, quote, We actually have the rights. Yeah, we have the rights to Ghost. The report went on to say that Tatum could actually play Patrick Swayze's role in the remake. Tatum did add that they're going to do something different, referring to changes he plans to make to the original film's harmful stereotypes. Ghost was the highest grossing film of 1990, bringing in $505 million worldwide against a $22 to $23 million budget. It was also nominated for a number of awards, including Best Picture, Best Score, and Best Supporting Actress. Deadline is reporting that Tron 3, starring Jared Leto, is actually in the works with Yoakam Ronin directing. The report says that the Tron sequel is assembling its crew and is considering an August start date in Vancouver. Following all the recent changes with the shakeups at DC since James Gunn and Peter Safran took over, Jason Momoa has confirmed that he's not going anywhere. During an Instagram story, Momoa said, quote, Four years ago, I had the Jeep out front. Y'all remember four years ago? I was screaming, wasn't I? Screaming when I left Warner Brothers? Everybody ready? Yahoo! Four years again. It's a mystery, baby. I've got some really good news. Great news with Warner Brothers. Amazing. Wish I could tell you, but here it is. Peter, I love you. James, I love you. David, okay. To the future, to the future. The sequel to Aquaman, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, is scheduled to hit theaters on December 25th. During a recent interview with Variety, James Cameron has confirmed that Sam Worthington's Jake Sully will no longer be the narrator during the Avatar series. Avatar 3 will see Loak, Jake Sully's son, take over the narration role. Cameron said, quote, I'm going to take a moment when the dust clears to assess what people love about Avatar The Way of Water and what they responded to the most. And then I may go back and tinker a little bit with Avatar 3. We may go back and do a couple of moments here and there. It won't be radical, but maybe fine-tune it a bit to emphasize that which people are responding to. For example, Loak really emerges as a character that people went with. So I might find ways to, he's already the narrator. I'm just giving away something here, but this is okay. I think it could be intriguing for people to think about what's coming. Jake was our voiceover narrator for movie one and for movie two, and we have a different narrator for each of the subsequent films. We see it through the eyes of a different character. Movie 3 is through Loak's eyes. Cameron previously revealed that Avatar 3 will introduce a fire tribe of Navi called the Ash People, who will show the negative side of the Navi. Jack Champion, who played Spider in Avatar The Way of Water, said that he was very shocked by the script of Avatar 3. Moving to the small screen, a trailer was released for the upcoming Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Our people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. What are we? What do we stand for? Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. You also have to know how to navigate the galaxy. That way, you'll never be lost. I'm going to Mandalore so that I may be forgiven for my transgressions. May the Force be with you! This is the way. There's something dangerous happening out there. And by the time it becomes big enough for you to act, it'll be too late.
The journeys of the Mandalorian through the Star Wars galaxy continues. Once a lone bounty hunter, Din Djarin has reunited with Grogu. Meanwhile, the New Republic struggles to lead the galaxy away from its dark history. The Mandalorian will cross paths with old allies and make new enemies as he and Grogu continue their journey together. The Mandalorian Season 3 debuts on Disney Plus on March 1st. Meanwhile, at Hulu, it was announced that actress Meryl Streep is joining the already stacked cast of Only Murders in the Building. The series, which was created by Steve Martin, Dan Fogelman, and John Hoffman stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez as three strangers who share an obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one when a grisly death occurs inside their exclusive Upper West Side apartment building. And finally, we end today's episode with the news that actor Alec Baldwin will face involuntary manslaughter charges due to the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of the Western Rust. Armor Hannah Gutierrez-Reed has also been charged. In a statement on Thursday, New Mexico First Judicial District Attorney Mary Carmack Altwies outlined that enough evidence had come out over the course of the last 15 months to officially file charges. She said, quote, after a thorough review of the evidence and the laws of the state of New Mexico, I have determined that there is sufficient evidence to file criminal charges against Alec Baldwin and other members of the Rust film crew. On my watch, no one is above the law and everyone deserves justice. This comes as a bit of a surprise because in October, Alec Baldwin and the estate of Helena Hutchins settled their dispute with Hutchins' husband agreeing that it was a terrible accident. The following month, Baldwin filed a lawsuit against key Rust crew members, including Gutierrez-Reed, with the suit saying, in part, more than anyone else on that set, Baldwin has been wrongfully viewed as the perpetrator of this tragedy. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I do consider death to be one of poetry's most exalted themes. Music